Welcome to the Introverted Doctor Podcast, dedicated to uncovering myths, mistakes, and misconceptions that holds us back from living our best life at work, home, and play. In each episode, I'll be focusing on different aspects of communication techniques, mindset, routines, habits, and behaviors with the goal to show how to eliminate anxiety, trip-ups, and unwelcome results that comes from ineffective communications. I don't know about you, but right now there's been a unique, bizarre, unusual whirlwind of emotions and events that have occurred in 2020. For so many of us, whether you're in healthcare or not, there's a considerable amount of uncertainty about our immediate future and long-term future. Are you feeling a variety of different emotions such as anxiety, tranquility, sadness, grief, loneliness, anticipation, restfulness, all in the last few weeks? Almost everyone I know is feeling a whole variety of positive, negative, and neutral emotions. For some, there's a sense of helplessness about what to do in our professional life and home life. Anyone in healthcare understands how to deal with helplessness and uncertainty, but this is a level we've not lived through ever before. We've all experienced feelings of helplessness, whether it's something we're trying to change in our personal lives or when we've tried to help someone who feels helpless and uh, can't seem to move on to to another level of wellness. We know it's challenging as we know that people come from various backgrounds, histories, beliefs, and life experiences, which makes giving advice and taking advice challenging. However, as much as we are different, we are all the same at fundamental levels in the way we see ourselves and how we interact in the world. What I'm about to share with you in this episode has impacted the way I practice medicine. Explaining this concept has helped patients overcome obstacles in their personal, professional, financial, and social situations. The simple act of sharing this lesson has helped many doctors, nurses, patients, business leaders, parents, and even teenagers move towards positive changes. Unanimously, it has made a significant impact on their lives in terms of their wellness relationships and even their finances. To date, everyone, without exception, has changed the way they view themselves and others. It sheds deep understanding into the reason why people do what they do and why they avoid doing things in their life, things that they want to do or should do, but can't seem to get past procrastination, fear or guilt to get things done. We've all been there at some point in our lives and without a doubt, we'll probably continue to do so. But most importantly, this teaching helps individuals understand why people in their life and the greater world do what they do so there is less judgment towards them. Being free of judgment is essential to move towards patience and acceptance of the people in their lives and the wider community. Having judgments tints the vision of the world as you you see it and the issues that people are passing judgments on. There are a lot of conflicts occurring at ma- at the macro and micro level right now. Think about the conversations you may be having with your friends or family right now. 
You know, you think about all the things that's happened in, in the last few months. A lot is going on with the pandemic, human rights and freedoms, past histories and different communities, leaders and countries are handling the pandemic and other social issues in a credibly unique and different manner. Judgment doesn't allow for compassion and harbors resentment, which is a reflection of internal self-worth and, and the way we can actually make improvements. When we're free of, of judgment, we move beyond fear, control, dominance and ego and live with real inner power and strength that reflects our best self. We move beyond a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. We move from being a victim to having the ability to greater control our surroundings. So without further ado, I'd like to share with you my understanding of the six human needs psychology, which creates personal empowerment and awareness. I call it the wheel of needs, but it comes from hu the human needs psychology, which is an extension of the work by Maslow, Burton, Seitz, and Robbins. Unlike the most well-known works of Abraham Maslow, the, which is the Pyramids of Needs, this is a more up to a more up-to-date model about the human needs, and it's not hierarchical, and it's more active and more present. So it's very useful. It explains the six human needs, which are certainty, variety recognition or significance, love and connection, growth and contribution, which all help guide, guide us in what we do. It doesn't matter who you are. If you are human and you live any, anywhere in this world, these needs apply to you. We all have to meet these needs. But as you'll see how, when, where, why, and what priority they show up, will make all the difference in an individual's character, behaviors, relationship, and life experiences. If you think and reflect on these needs and observe others as to how this applies to their behaviors, then that's the best way to learn what I'm about to share with you. But, and, and I'm going to explain these needs, but for this episode, I'm going to simply explain only two of the six needs and then explain the other four in the following episodes. Because I want to make sure that it, I cover things in, in a greater detail. I don't want to be superficial about it. So here is the first need that I'm going to share with you. And that is the need for certainty slash safety, security, however you want to view it. But for simplicity, it's the need of the, the first need is the need for certainty. This is the need we first meet when we enter into this world, and it shapes many part of our, parts of our lives. Its degree of importance changes as we age and mature. This need deals with the need to know that we are safe, secure, and stable. It addresses our basic needs for survival in terms of food, shelter, clothing, and health. So for example, you know, if we leave our home, we need to know that we're not gonna be shot at, shot at or we have to dodge a bomb that's thrown at us. We need to know we can consistently have food, shelter, and clothing to stay alive and be protected from the external elements. During this coronavirus pandemic, we've 
had to experience an enormous disruption in our needs to stay safe as the coronavirus can affect people's health. The old saying, health is wealth, certainly applies here. If you don't have your health, you can't pursue your daily activities, let alone your dreams. Now, the level of certainty can vary significantly from one person to another. One person can own a $10 million home and have an ocean view and have five servants and just feel, you know, that's their comfort level. Then all of a sudden, if they had to downgrade to a, a house that had was only worth $5 million and they only had one servant, then they could be crushed and they probably wouldn't recover. Some people might even, you know, commit suicide. On the other hand, another person can feel on top of the world if they live in a basement suite and they have enough food to make it through the day. And then if they were to get a welfare check of an increase of $50 a month, they would be elated beyond words. If you've ever had to deal with financial loss or possibly a serious health issue or such as cancer, you know that how much it affects your need for security and safety. And, you know, some people handle it better than others, and it really depends on how vital that need for certainty is in your own personal psyche. In the world of medicine, we deal with the need for certainty on a consistent basis. When a person's health is at stake, it could shake their entire world especially if it's debilitating or life-threatening. As a physician, I've seen people feel tremendously blessed knowing they have access to medical attention during their treatment of, for cancer or heart attack or stroke or, or etc. Knowing they have access to these resources can create an overwhelming sense of gratitude. I know that the pandemic delaying treatment for specific medical medical conditions has disrupted our need for security. This is especially so if you're waiting for critical surgery or treatment for cancer or other vital medical issues. We all see the need for certainty is most predominant in children. In the early development stage, they are entirely dependent on others to meet this need for survival. Disruption in this need can significantly affect a child's ability to move on to the next development stage, which affects the way they conduct themselves in the world. I recall a patient who helped raise his siblings because his mother had severe health issues. He never played or explored the world as a child, and he was working to support the family. And with vivid detail, he recalled that his mother would give him an orange, a, a orange, an, an orange as a Christmas gift. From this life experience as a child, a habit was installed in, in him to worry about financial security. Later on as a young man, he was obsessed with making money, so much so and that he was fortunate enough to make millions of dollars, yet he lived in a tiny basement suite, even though he had a multi-million dollar complex. And and he was always looking for free donuts and coffee all the time. He just couldn't spend a single penny. And he said it was very uncomfortable for him to spend money, which, and this really was the result of his deep-rooted need for consistent security. This entrenchment resulted in broken relationships with his wives and children. 
He was stuck in this need for certainty and never moved to the next natural developmental stage. And that's, you know, really impacted all his relationships because he couldn't move beyond that. He was stuck in this need for certainty and never moved to another developmental stage. Some words that reflect this need for uh, security and safety include comfort, sense of control, stability, feeling grounded, protection. The second need I'd like to talk to you about is the need for variety or uncertainty. This need deals with the need to have a new stimulus and challenge in our lives. We all need variety, whether it comes through mental, emotional, or physical activities we do. This need for variety can be seen in our day-to-day -day lives. I'd like you to think about your favorite clothing, food, television episode, song, etc. Now imagine eating that dish daily or wearing that same outfit every day or watching the same program or episode or listening to that same song repetitively. You know, after a while, you'd become tired of it, wouldn't you? You, you wouldn't want to eat it. You wouldn't want to wear it. You wouldn't want to listen to that same episode or watch the same episode uh, on television again and again. I mean, haven't you ever listened to a song that you loved and you listened to and you thought you could listen to it again and again? But after a while, it kind of got boring and you're wondering, how did I love this song so much? And that's the need for variety at work in our lives. The reason this exists is that people need a new stimulus for something different and unique. The degree to which we need variety also varies from one person to the next. Like all of our needs, the need for variety can be met in various ways. That is the vehicles we use. From a mental or, or intellectual aspect, someone can achieve this in terms of what they're reading or things that they're watching or talking or the hobbies that we're engaged in. Some people may meet this need for variety in, their, in the social context or need to be up on stage, you know, doing magic or what, or talking to an audience or doing a podcast. So it varies from person to person. We also see, also see variety in terms of how people meet their physical needs. You, you may know of people who describe themselves as adrenaline junkies who fulfill their physical need by doing high-risk activities such as skydiving, bungee jumping, ice you know, ice climbing or river rafting, etc. That's their need, uh, their physical need to do something very exciting. Another person may meet their physical need simply by walking a different way in the neighborhood or doing a different yoga move or playing tennis or yoga or, or golf. So variety is the spice of life. The possibilities of meeting our needs are endless, but it's essential to acknowledge that this need exists in our lives. I think many of you will relate to what I'm about to share in that I learned how critical this need was when I tried to get back on track to, uh, by uh, improving my physical health, by exercising and con consistently. You know, sometimes I found doing the same exercise again and again was kind of boring and it just got repetitive and I stopped exercising and that happened in different parts of my life. And then I realized what was missing was the variety of exercise that I needed. 
So sometimes I would, you know, mix it up. Sometimes I'd be at the gym. Sometimes I'd go golfing. I'd do a little bit of yoga, and I would mix it up. You know, swimming, weight training, and that really helped me maintain the zeal and excitement of exercising. So my variety went from a two out of ten to a nine out of ten, simply by understanding that this need for variety was very high when it came to uh, exercising. So, from an emotional context, people also need to vary their emotions. This need for various emotional stimuli can be met by meeting new people or putting themselves in unique social circumstances. In today's consumer age, and I'm guilty of doing this too, you know, we spend money on material goods which can appear to be a positive thing and we feel great, we get this new toy or gadget and that really you know, changes the way we feel. The new ownership creates a unique feeling because it also creates a new identity for us. Which, And you know, with consumerism, this repetitive and robust consumer programming, we can fulfill our need for variety by spending money and through materialistic uh, means. Unfortunately, for most, that emotional high is short-lived. Thus, we need to go out and seek something new uh, to buy again and again. So that's how that cycle continues. This is certainly an expensive way to meet this need and learning how to reach this through other means such as cultivating the habit of creativity or building something new or learning something new is much, it's, it's longer lasting and it's more rewarding and engaging in a totally different aspect. So something to keep in mind if that's something you're, you struggle with. Note that this need for variety, like all other needs, can be met in positive ways, neutral ways, or destructive ways. And consciously or unconsciously, we do this by creating the environment around us that um, excites us. You know, one classic example of meeting this need negatively can be a person who jumps from one troubling relationship to the next when they are emotionally bored. You know, people can create new situations or problems depending on how you define it. And trying to solve them helps them meet their need for variety. Some examples of, ve of vehicles that can instantly create variety and change a person's state is alcohol, drugs, sex, food, watching movies, er, and, and traveling. Meeting emotional states can often be seen by the uncon unconscious choices we make. You know, another classic example is an individual who's in an abusive relationship and they, they're addicted to that the highs and lows of that. And as soon as them, sometimes things settle, they, they miss that roller coaster. So then they move on to another disruptive relationship because they're meeting their need for, uh, their emotional need for variety. Because people can get, can get addicted to these negative emotional states. But alternatively, they can also get addicted to positive emotional states and that can help them become better so, you know, whether it's, you can become addicted to reading, exercising, cleaning, you name it. So, the, as I've already said, the ways we meet this need of variety and all the other needs 
is so tremendous. Here's the, another final thing I want to say. In the adolescent stage, this need for variety is predominant as adolescents, adolescents discover who they are and what emotions, experiences, and challenges they can handle and enjoy. Teenagers live in the testing phase and love to test the environment and the people in that environment, whether they're conscious of this behavior or not. They're moving from the developmental stage of certainty to variety because they no longer need that constant or consistent level of assurance provided by their parents or caregivers. In this process, they're exploring and carving out their identity. They evaluate the people in their lives, discover their true identity, and respond to them. Consequently, in North America or Western cultures, adults sometimes have difficulty distinguishing the difference between children testing versus challenging adults' authority. Teenagers are very perceptive and idealistic. Specifically, they're all also evaluating the truths and congruent behaviors, especially their adult role models in their lives. They have a natural tendency to oppose any hypocrisy and are very idealistic in their, their thinking. Many parents have talked to me feeling frustrated and exasperated, like, you know, they don't know what happened to their sweet little child who now suddenly is questioning their judgments and actions and decisions that they're making. You know, parents take it as criticism, but the fact is that their teenager, son or daughter, are looking at all, the role all their role models and evaluating if their actions match up to what they expect and have been taught over the years. That is, are they congruent with their beliefs and actions? And that's not always the case. And, and parents can sometimes be embarrassed or felt their child is intentionally trying to, you know, show them up or, um, uh, or make them feel intentionally uncomfortable. You know, you know because in a, child, in a teenager, they're thinking things like, you know, I thought my parents said they believed in e equality. But look at the derogatory comments they're making about that person. So teenagers are looking for those, con those incongruencies and they'll, they'll call you out on it. And that's what disrupts a lot of, uh, that's what upsets a lot of parents actually. And the way adults can reconcile and create alignment is really to be straightforward and truthful to their teenage child. Teenagers are so perceptive and more than adults actually give them credit for. I mean, they're growing in their lives and they'll, they're learning how to navigate their way into their next developmental stage, which is about being more relevant and being a more significant person in the world. Examples of the word for variety include uh, things such as crisis, conflict, fear, change, environment, boredom, surprise, etc. In this pandemic, we're dealing with a tremendous level of uncertainty. Depending on where you are, you have a lot of challenges ahead, ahead and, uh, which makes it stressful, especially if you're not comfortable with, with uh, a high level of uncertainty or variety. So these are two of the six needs so far. Um, I really encourage you 
to, as you move around this week and interact with others, think about the people you know and ask yourself, how are these two needs showing up in my life and other people around me? Is someone you know very stressed right now because their certainty level has decreased significantly and they don't, they don't like variety or uncertainty? There are a lot of people right now who are really struggling with that. So the best way to remember and retain any knowledge is to use it. And I promise you, if you really use this, this will be very impactful for everything else you use. Next week, I'm going to share with you in the next, uh, the next two needs, which are the need for love and connection and the need for recognition, which is typically known in human psychology as the need for significance. I hope this podcast served you in some way. And, and if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please share this with a friend or colleague or, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And if you go to theintrovertedoctor.com and sign in there, you'll get my weekly emails about the, each podcast episode that's coming out. And you can also see the transcript for this podcast on there. And I'll also be putting out a human a questionnaire Uh, so how you can evaluate your own human needs. I'm Dr. Lalit Chavla, and thank you so much for listening, and uh, I hope this served you well, and I will see you next week. Have a great weekend.